0: From a galaxy far, far away. And a bookshelf straight out of the 90s. From Thrawn to Dantooine. And everything in between. This is Legends Look Back.
1: Hello everybody and welcome to Legends Look Back. A show brought to you by Nutini.com. A show for people who... Love Star Wars books about as much as they love Johnny Tsunami, where we talk about (laughs) all things legends, celebrating our rich EU history, as well as diving into lesser-known Star Wars classics. I'm your host, Jared Mays, and today I'm joined once again by the amazing Freddie C. How's it going, man?
0: Hey, Pono!
1: Pono, yeah! (laughs) (laughs) My wife got really agitated with me when I said Pono about a (laughs) hundred times too many after we watched that. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that's funny man that was a really good intro i gotta say i gotta hand you that one for sure i've
1: been binging the disney channel original movies with my six-year-old um nice. we're like in 1999 at this point i think <laughs> 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 it's been whoo it's been a wild ride I'll tell you what some of those movies are great some of them are terrible absolutely atrocious uh, also joining us this week who i forgot to introduce last week Fs in the chat for the fact that i forgot to introduce meg on the show last week we just we just hey if Meg wasn't here, there wouldn't be a show. We'll just put it that way. Uh, once again, we are joined by our amazing savior of the podcast, our producer, Meg Dowell. How are you, Meg?
2: I am fantastic. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, She, I actually put an apology here in the show notes that I forgot to introduce her last week, and she gave me not one, but two smiley faces. Uh, If I ever do it again, she said there would be two lightsabers that are going (laughs) to just uh, spiral through the air and take me out like Revenge of the Sith, Palpatine. And Meg actually deserves quite a bit of praise for some Legends Look Back social media uh, goings on this week. A really fun thing happened. And i got to say, all right, now the process by which we choose books on Legends Look Back is very haphazard, in case you haven't been able to tell by the fact that we've covered what? Trucet Bakura, Jedi Prince, Dark Empire, Tales of the Jedi, we did the Thrawn trilogy, did the whole trilogy. When it comes to the X-Wing books, we've done two of them. Why two? Because, hey, we're still figuring this out. How are you going to cover a 10-book series without, you know, tuning out everybody that hasn't, uh, hasn't read those yet? Anyway, it's a little bit haphazard how we choose books. We try to use a, um, this system where we do uh, an Old Republic book, a, a New Republic book, and then just something wacky and weird. But then what do you do when you get the series? And then sometimes we do um, episodes that are not book roundtables. Okay, we're still figuring out all of that. All of that is to say, it was by pure will of the force that we ended up covering the Knights of the Old Republic comics right when it was having its 15th anniversary. Isn't that amazing, Freddie? It just, that's crazy, that's, yeah. that was unplanned. We're covering these books simply because I was reading them. I think I wrote the Mandalorian uh, reading collection last fall, maybe last summer for Utini. And I got to these books, I was like, oh, this has a lot of Mandalorian stuff. We should probably, I should probably read these. And then I was like, well, if I'm reading these, we're definitely gonna have to talk about them on the podcast, because that's my life now. Um, Isn't that crazy, Freddie, the fact that uh, there's 15-year anniversary just by happenstance?
0: Yeah, that's serendipity if I've ever seen it myself.
1: I'm not sure what that word means, but I'm gonna take it as a good thing. (laughs) Um, So John Jackson Miller was doing a Reddit AMA, uh, Ask Me Absolutely Anything except for the two questions that he told people not to ask uh, in the very beginning post. Um, And Meg, as a champion, over her lunch break, what day was that, earlier this week? Monday, Tuesday? Monday. um, She actually scrolled through all of that into the, I would call it the Wild West, but it's really a hive of scum and villainy. The the Star (laughs) Wars uh, EU Reddit. Absolute hive of scum and villainy. Uh, Meg, as a champion, um, was able to um, curate some, some... questions for us some of the good juicy bits and put them up on our legends look back twitter which is new if you didn't know it existed it does now and it's got awesome content like this you don't even have to go into the hive of the villainy which is reddit you can just go right to our legends look back uh twitter meg would you care to share some of the the fun stuff that you um that you found from the the reddit rabbit hole that you went on <laughs> earlier this week
2: yeah uh yep just a minute <laughs> I've got a I've got a few
1: highlights here in the show notes. I'll get us started with two that you didn't tweet. Now I found these myself and found them absolutely fascinating. Uh, the first of them, did you see this one, Freddie? Uh, somebody asked him, "What's your relationship with the video games?" Obviously, you're using some of the the Kotor characters in uh in these books. how many times have you played through the games? Do you love these games as much as we do? I can just feel a rabid fan in their basement asking um John Jackson Miller this question and he says, sadly, I've played through Terrace ten or fifteen times, but have never made it past Dantuin. <laughs> <laughs> and I found that the best answer possible. Like, what kind of Star Wars writer is gonna make it all the way through Kotor? You know what I mean?
0: I like the second one actually. This is pretty cool. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, so uh John Jackson Miller was actually planning a Griff and Mumo Brothers micro series uh, featuring Callo Nord as the villain.
1: Yeah, isn't that cool? Kallo uh, Nord, of yeah. course, if you haven't played the games, is is this. Uh, Google him, he's pretty cool. Um, not Kylo. Callo, Calo. C A L O, C A L O. Kallo Nord is like this uh, bounty hunter. Who wears like one of those, those Russian hats, you know, the ones that keep your ears warm, the one that. Um, Bernie Sanders is going to wear it at the next inauguration, um, <laughs> just just for pure warmth and comfort. Um, he's wearing one of these that uh, sets him off as this pretty iconic villain. He's always doing this thing where um, whenever he gets agitated, he says, he just starts counting down from like three to one. And it's like by the time he, you know, that clock runs out, he's going to blow up the thermal detonator or something. Yeah, he's going to do like a, a Griffin and Mumo Brothers micro series that never came to fruition, but he was in talks for her. Um, I would love to see that. Um, I wonder if he's written it secretly and just never released it. Uh, Meg, do you have the other ones pulled up yet? Yeah. Uh, okay, so these were some that she had tweeted out earlier this week. You want to do the honors, Meg?
2: Um. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, if I remember right, the context of this one, um, someone was asking uh, what he thought happened to Zane after the series ended. And um, he kind of... Said that he might reveal something uh, later in yeah. the year. Yeah, it was a big uh, tease. What? <laughs> this is the big one. Um,
1: yeah, he was like, "I've got ideas, and I think I'll tell you, just not today, but soon." Yeah,
2: yeah. I wasn't expecting like any like reveals or anything, but like or teases either. So uh, that's cool.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. Hey, Legends news is few and far between. We're mostly an outdated irrelevant universe and so it's always fun when we get some new information coming our way uh i did find that exciting of course this new um, omnibus 1344 pages is being released this spring and um i think he was saving some more of the behind the scenes for when that came out he said he doesn't typically like to talk about Um, stories that he hasn't told yet Uh, tried to set these stories in a very contained period of time however there's still a lot of story left to be told with zane and his uh, crewmates. and so um, basically left himself the possibility to tell more stories but also acknowledged the fact that hey we're not exactly telling very many more legend stories and so said you know i might just might just reveal more of what i had in mind for zane and these characters uh meg what's next
2: yeah, and kind of on that same note, um uh someone had asked if um if he were to write if there were to be more legends or if he were to write more legends, um, who he'd want to write about or what characters he'd want to focus on. And uh he's a Zane fan, apparently, because that's kind of what his answer was. Um Like out of
1: any Star Wars story yeah. ever.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So he uh he said that like yeah, he's pretty young and there's a lot of uh potential story left to tell, so Theoretically. Yeah,
1: that's pretty interesting. Yeah. I mean, he's written he's written Kenobi, for crying out loud. It's widely regarded one of the top ten, top five Star Wars books ever written, legends or canon. And I agree. And and yet, he's st- still especially fond of this goofy, wacky series that he wrote. I think it's for the fact that, that he spent more time writing this than he has anything else in Star Wars. I mean, it, it ran from, yeah. what, what, six years? It was, so, it was six years. Fifty, what, fifty... 56 depending on how we slice it freddie we did the math last (laughs) week we're not going down this equation we're not doing math two weeks in a row but yeah 56 ish depending on how we count um and then finally this one was probably my favorite answer out of anything that he posted do you have this one meg about the fanfic uh
2: i don't have a screenshot of that one (laughs) okay
1: but he, Meg, you, you probably know more about this than I did because you actually read it. He basically said that he he's been, he been wrote some Knights of the Old Republic fanfic that he has not released, at least not publicly. He doesn't know what to do with. Fans were like trying to give him advice about how to be a good fanfic writer. I find this hilarious to a New York Times bestselling author. Uh, like, <laughs> they were giving him advice on how to write fanfic. And like how to release it safely to the world. And he was like, thanks for that advice. Always in motion is the future. (laughs) Leave it to Reddit to try to to fish that out of a legendary
2: author. Is that about cover it, Meg? Oh, yeah. Those are some pretty good highlights. You know, he
1: talked about uh, all kinds of other content that he's written. A lot of stuff about Knight Errant. A lot of stuff about Kenobi. I've talked a little Star Trek. As soon as I saw Star Trek, I just slammed my computer and threw it out the window because I didn't (laughs) care about that. But you know what? I'm not going to throw out the window this series, Knights of the Old Republic. Tonight, we're going to be talking about some of our favorite art from the series. We're going to talk about connections to the video games, favorite Easter eggs. Uh, We're talking about the Mandalorian Wars. Mandalorians, they're especially hot lately for some uh, unknown reason favorite, story arc, world building, all kinds of fun, juicy tidbits. Ooh, I have said juicy tidbits a lot so far in this episode. <laughs> Tell my editor to edit those out. Um, so, Freddie, you notoriously are big into the cover art. Um, yeah. You love some cover art. Now, I, I actually... Um, have found that the fact that the cover art differs pretty wildly from what's actually happening in the books. I felt like it deserved its own category, don't you think? So we're going to talk about our favorite cover art versus our favorite panel of art from within the series. Now, if you're playing along at home, um, obviously you can't post the pics right there in the Twitch chat, or if you're watching this later or listening later, that's fine. Hey, join our Legends Look Back Discord channel and throw up a pic of your favorite uh, KOTOR cover art or... um, uh interior uh panel art and you can also see ours we'll try to post those over in the discord as well uh as long as we remember i'll tell my producer to get on that uh I'll tell my assistant <laughs> uh freddie what's your favorite cover art from within the series
0: yeah so there's there's a couple i think meg has really these queued up yeah meg has these queued up uh I, there's a couple that i like a lot and one of them is uh when Zane is captured on, I forget the planet's name, but there's a ton of rat ghouls everywhere because they, uh, what's his name? It, it's not Demogol. It's it's the other, his assistant. There's assistants. a lot of
1: villains in this series. There's so many
0: villains, so many different planets. That's what I love about it. There's so many different characters and, and beings, but there's rat ghouls everywhere. I don't know, uh, Meg, if you have that. Yes, that one right
1: Oh, there. I didn't even realize. I looked at this earlier. I didn't realize those were rat ghouls. Yeah.
0: Yeah unfortunately it's not my favorite series uh with art internally but cover art i like this one a lot this is this is super cool
1: yeah um i i really love the 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 plot line because he tried to make them more dangerous than they were in the video game and he actually has joked about the fact for some reason my head is spiraling here if you're listening (laughs) on audio move along move along no worries i'll try to move um (laughs) <laughs> he, in the series, he comments on the fact that the, in the video games in Knights of the Old Republic, you just hack and slash your lightsaber on, or I don't guess you've got a lightsaber, just like a big, a big vibro sword. Um, you just hack and slash at these uh, rat ghouls, and they just keep coming at you. Smack, smack, smack. They just keep coming. But then as soon as you close the door, they're powerless. They're like, oh, it's a closed door. Nothing I can do about that. <laughs> and so he said in, in this series, he tried to make them a little bit more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, troublesome? Uh, powerful? Scary? Formidable! There we go. Formidable, yeah. Uh, they
0: they were, were more like zombies than anything. Uh, you know. Just, yeah. There's a lot of them. They're, they're not the smartest, but they're still difficult to, to destroy.
1: So he's showing off the cover from issue 27. Mine is issue 47. Um, This comes from later in the series. Now, I've got to admit, I struggled with this because a lot of the cover art in this series actually has um, word bubbles on it. And I didn't realize how much I hated word bubbles on cover art until I was trying to pick my favorite cover art for this series and was being driven absolutely uh bonkers by the fact that i could i was having trouble finding some without the word bubbles uh what do you think about that freddie what's your opinion word bubbles or no word bubbles on your covers
0: well the funny thing about some of the word bubbles for knights of the old republic is it's very serial-esque you know very yeah. uh it, they're kind of
1: cheesy in today's standards right he's definitely playing for like that old school marvel vibe yeah
0: exactly i and i have to agree with you when i like when i get cover art for for my comics i just like Plain cover art. I don't like to see all this text everywhere. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't mind this one. Mandalore's mad scientist on trial. Yeah, <laughs> for
1: for our audio listeners, this is issue forty-seven. It's got uh, well, Malik without the you know bottom half of the face covered like he has in a video game. This is young Malik. Um He's definitely going down that dark path, but he's not all the way there yet. And he's got like a vibro knife um, uh, up to the throat of a Mandalorian. I think it's actually um either demigal or roland dyer it gets dicey in the series it's not always easy to know who's who it's very complicated it's a whole plot point we won't spoil it here but uh very striking to just have um malik with a his his fingertips are up under the the visor of this mandalorian it's very striking and it's not my favorite because i'm like oh yeah i love that as much as it's just it's very iconic um i think it rivaled for me an earlier issue where it's just lightsabers clashing zane versus his master lucian dre um i really like the way just the, the two characters going at it very bold freddie chose one with like a thousand rackles i've got a cover with two characters um <laughs> no more no less how about the interior panel did you have a favorite
0: freddie Yeah, I did, actually. There's uh, Again, I'm going to break the rules, because that's what I seem
1: to do all the time. (laughs) You do. Yeah, your your appearance on The Living Force, uh, (laughs) one of the first episodes, they said, what's your favorite canon book? And you said, Darth Plagueis. (laughs) (laughs) And they doubled down on it. They're like, no, Freddie, choose your favorite canon book. And you said, nope, Darth Plagueis. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I think about that literally every day. (laughs) that's so cool all right your favorite Uh, interior art
0: yeah so there's there's a couple that i like for the art and there's there's one that i like for for the uh just the phrase or whatever they're saying but the the moment where you're seeing all of them die uh they they have that vision at the very beginning with uh the cabal of of jedis you know just trying to figure out what's going to happen in the future and i really like this because as you go back First of all the amount of information that is in in these few panels or I should say they're really pages at this point but the the amount of information is pretty pretty large but is this
1: a full like a full page spread like two a two page spread I think it's either a two page
0: or it's a half page I can't remember exactly
1: okay. yeah but uh they, there's a lot of
0: info there and it's fun to to see their story happen and you kind of go back and see see what they were seeing right and how they died et cetera.
1: Oh, man, that force vision uh, where you kind of have Zane discovering why these villains are villains and what exactly they've seen in the future. Whereas we as Star Wars fans, like, we know who Vader is. We know what's going to happen in the video games. We know what's going to happen with the outcome of this massive war that they're in the midst of. But they don't. And so it's actually really fun to get, like, a, a Vader cameo or a Revan mallet cameo. And you're like, oh, my goodness, all this stuff's going to happen. And they're just these, these uh, the Jedi Covenant, they're trying to prevent it from happening. And we're like, sorry, bro, it's it's coming for you. And there's nothing you can do. And you're barking <laughs> up the wrong tree trying to take out Zane. He's a, he's a pure golden boy. There's nothing you can do to take him down the dark path. And um, This is a really trippy art panel you've got here, Freddy. I've got a very different uh, choice. Did you have two? I think I had seen that you had two yeah, there's, in the...
0: there's, uh, It's the other scene. It's, it's with the uh, rest of the characters Okay, right? you see their yeah.
1: demise. Oh, man. That is incredible. I like that a lot. Yeah, and, and like we mentioned two episodes ago, the it's really fun the way the series does go through, kind of one by one with the members of the Jedi Covenant, and it takes you through... Um their backstory and their involvement and their own personalities and their own crazy evil plans, and how Zane accidentally <laughs> up upends them due to his good luck slash bad luck, depending <laughs> on how you look at it. force power, according to the wook it 's one of zane 's force powers it 's like the good luck force power <laughs> the balance yeah, all right, so mine are actually quite different than yours. yours are kind of like metaphysical they 're causing me to like get introspective and Think about my choices. Um, mine is more of uh, one of these early spreads. In fact, he got in, John Jackson Miller says he got in trouble with his editors for just how much effort he made the artist put in on this two-page <laughs> spread. They said no more two-page art spreads for a while because it slowed down the production of this issue so much. It comes from the Flashpoint storyline pretty early in the series. could be around issue seven. I'm not 100% sure that's right. Uh, but let's just say that I'm right for the for the heck of it. Um, it's it's where they're on this planet. It's one of my favorite stories in the whole series. You remember this one, Freddy? They yeah, they like a, stage a, a heist, pretending to be Mandalorians invading. Only while in the middle of their heist, do the Mandalorians actually invade.
0: <laughs> it's so cool. It's,
1: it's amazing. And so this is the Dustin Weaver art of um the mandalorian war showing up on this planet and uh, griff is shouting at the top of his lungs here and the only word bubble on this entire two-page spread the mandalorians are attacking for real i kind of hear him in like uh oh who's that like villain in a lot of movies not joe dimaggio who am i thinking of he's in oh um he's in he's the penguin from batman what's his name
0: Oh, uh... I'm so close. Oh, my gosh, Tip my man, tongue. I... <laughs> I'll fix this Hold in on. post. Come on, Skuma Joe. Somebody from the so, chat. <laughs> yeah, leave it to Twitch. To,
1: uh, I, I picture... I, I hear... Danny DeVito. Yeah, Danny everybody DeVito, says it at yeah. once. I hear Griff in a Danny DeVito voice the whole way through in this series. I'm not, I'm not sure if my impression actually captured it or not. We'll say that it did for the sake of argument, but... um yeah, it's a great storyline. Uh, it's where we're actually introduced to Roland Dyer as well. So uh, really cool for that reason. I also realized that I've been pronouncing, um, I said gerial. Um We went in a long conversation this week about how to pronounce her name, uh, Zane's love interest, right? And so uh, uh, apparently, according to Skuma Joe, John Jackson Miller has gone on the record in saying that it's Jerail. Uh, Jareel. Uh-huh. I was saying Jeriel, like the mermaid, you know? Um, uh, everybody chimed in with their own pronunciation but i'm not sure i'm gonna be able to fix it if i say it wrong this episode it's not my fault it's cemented in my brain at this point i'm gonna be 30 this year there's there's no fixing it um (laughs) once once you've committed something to memory at this point in your life it's gonna stay there uh i think i've got another one pulled up right meg this one is absolutely iconic considering what we're going through right now with the COVID 19 pandemic i'm not sure you can read this text or not for our audio listeners this is a picture of oh maybe a cathar i'm not totally sure the species if you're looking at the image it's just a cat person in a mandalorian mandalorian armor bright red like candy apple red mandalorian armor um it's got like a machine gun i'm not sure exactly the model number andrew could probably tell us and he's (laughs) He's he's ripping and unloading on other Mandalorians. It's just like, rip, rip. You know, like animated cartoon machine gun noises. And I kid you not. I read this the other day. This is from the KOTOR War series. And I laughed out loud so hard, I think I fell out of my chair when I read this (laughs) word balloon. So once again, big cat guy, bright red Mandalorian armor, shooting machine gun at other Mandalorians, saying this. I kid you not quarantine this republic <laughs> <That's> <laughs> i thought so like oh man. this this guy's totally an anti-masker for sure this guy's feeling it quarantine <laughs> this <laughs> 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 Just rip. <laughs> I was going around like my office. I just started pacing. I was laughing so hard, thinking like, "I've got to make sure this gets on the podcast." So if you're listening on audio, we'll post it in the Legends Look Back Discord channel. Meg, let me ask you this: You've now seen two pieces of cover art and four interior arts. Which one's your favorite? And everybody in the chat, uh, feel free to answer as well. Out of uh, out of Freddie's two picks and my and my picks, um, who wins? Which one's who's got the best interior art picks? I here? mean
2: based on what just happened here, it has to be this one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm not saying, like, it's necessarily the critically best art from, like, a Thrawn art critic perspective. But I am saying, considering, like, hey, he did not anticipate this pandemic when he wrote this thing. Um, It's just so perfect to say, quarantine this, and he unloads (laughs) on these other Mandalorians, which is pretty cool. Actually, that character has a pretty cool story arc within the KOTOR War series. So there's the tease. You could pick that one up. Okay, Freddy, we talked about the art, but let's talk about the, the way that this ties into the video games because let's be honest, there are a lot more people in our chat who have actually uh, played the video games than have read these comics. So if you are wanting to pick up this series because you are a KOTOR video game fan, because you wore out your massive... Um, Xbox controller back in 2003. Did you have one of those massive Xbox controllers, Freddy? <laughs> I you know what I'm did, talking I about did, yeah. the ones that took up like a whole room in your house. I
0: a whole room in my house exactly. My uh, my bedroom, aka the controller storage room. Yeah. There you
1: go. Um, if you are a fan of that, how does this series tie in? Obviously, uh it tied in a lot less than I expected when I picked it up. It's called Knights of the Old Republic. I expected it to be a whole lot more Revan heavy than it was. Um so Freddy, from in your opinion, how does it enrich the KOTOR games? If you're if you're picking this up as a KOTOR video game fan, does it pay off enough?
0: Yeah, it really does. If it there's one thing that John Jackson Miller does with with his stories and he builds worlds he builds characters and he enriches he enriches his own stories by by giving himself the room to do whatever he really needs to right creatively needs to and in my opinion the these comics help kotor the video game so much because not only are you more invested in the world surrounding the video game right because there's more than just what's going on there's so many different roads that that KOTOR is going down you've got Malik's story you've got Revan's story uh you've got and then you've got you know the story of all these characters who who are just floating around in the world of of KOTOR right yeah. So and and that's what I like is it builds he builds upon characters that you know already uh he builds stories for them pre you know pre whatever you know before Revan becomes Revan right he's what is it Revan or Revan chist? I, I... I'm not
1: sure how he pronounces that. <laughs> he, he, he's got a whole, if you're interested, he's got a whole spiel on his website and the behind the scenes about uh, why he gives this name to Revan, the Revan uh, the backstory to Revan is it's a foreign, maybe a German word. It means something important. I've forgotten what it is. Google it. You know, it's on John Jackson Miller's <laughs> website. It's, it's interesting, I guess. we'll we'll talk, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Um, yeah, Revan's story—he's always cloaked because like you can never see his face, because um, like True. you you create your own character in the game.
0: <laughs> that was that's a smart way of doing One it. One way around it, yeah. And the way that that Revan finds his his you know that mask that he's wearing, how how that origin story came about. So he really John Jackson Miller will
1: fill in the voids
0: without you even realizing you needed them filled
1: in. Yeah. The backstory for Malak, I think we talked about it last week, Malak in the game is pretty mustache twirly, even though he probably can't grow a mustache under that big metal mask he wears in the video games. Uh, and in this, he's got a lot better backstory. Uh, you actually don't even know that he's Malak when you're introduced to him. He goes by the, the absolutely airtight alias of <laughs> Alec. Never could have seen that one coming. Um, so, so it's really interesting the way he's developed. And it's not like Malak is in every issue, which is actually you know why it works for me. The, the video game characters are used few and far between, and when they are used, they absolutely steal the stage, and um, they they really pop and have great roles. Both Karth and Alec kind of have these older brother relationships to Zane, which they, they've you know kind of like angel and devil on the shoulders to him, honestly, yeah. which is fun. Um, Admiral Saul Careth, who I think is the the ship captain from the beginning of KOTOR, who Karth was like an understudy to. Uh, he's in this quite a bit, maybe more than any other video game character. Um, I'm trying to think of some other good ones, Ready? Have I left any out?
0: Uh, I can't think of any at the moment. There's so many characters in this book. I, I actually need to go through and read how many times they're either mentioned or he creates a new one because there's so many different types.
1: Skuma Joe uh, is explaining the term that we've forgotten this week, Revan Kissed. I probably should have Googled it, you know, bad podcast (laughs) host. But, you know, it gives you a chance in the chat to show your stuff. As Skuma Joe is right here, he says he thinks it's Latin and it it means to reclaim what was taken. It works because uh, Jedi Revan, uh, his goal was to retake the planets that the Mandalorians had conquered. Uh, which is pretty cool. And, and it's actually neat the way it develops in the series. Later on, you realize that he's dropped the long name and he's just taken Revan. Um, you spend more time with Malak than you do Revan, which I actually also think was a good way to do it. Um, but, you know, honestly, even when asked about it, John Jackson Miller says, like, my goal was not to just develop video game characters. And uh, the beginning of the series is taking place on Terrace. And even then, he felt like, well, this is too much. We don't need to just spend time... Going over the video game, uh, just for the sake of fan service, let's develop our own unique characters' individual story. And by doing that, uh, in my opinion, they really deepened those video game characters when they show up. Um, I also, you know, kind of gives you the propulsion to keep going because you're like, who's going to show up next? Um, yeah. And, and when is, when's Mallet coming back? Because you know he's going to be even madder next time, which is always <laughs> fun. Um, so we've talked about the the tour video games um how about your your favorite easter egg freddie it could be from the video game there's there's a number of easter eggs as well that are from the tales of the the jedi the uh the old 90s comics um what was that episode 19 of legends look back i just totally made that up i could be wrong it may not be right at all it might be it'd be amazing if it was what's your favorite easter egg from the series freddie john jackson miller loves a good easter egg
0: he does he really likes easter eggs and to be honest i i didn't catch there's so many in Kotor. I mean, it's a it's a long series, right? It's fifty fifty some comics. That's the number I'm going with. Fifty some. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, like for instance, when Alec came out, and you could just have no idea that it's Malik. And then, uh, of course, when they're talking about Revan, when he's uh, he's with the the Council. I'm not I'm not sure if you saw that part. They're talking about uh, all. He, you know, you got to stop dragging your Padawans into this, and et cetera, et cetera. I had no idea that that was Revan at first, so that was it was pretty interesting to see all of that. Those yeah. are the ones that jumped out at me the most.
1: Yeah, the first appearance of Revan, I think it's one of the the um, more highly sought after issues from this series. First time that he shows up. Uh, those first appearances are very big in the comics. And, um first appearance of Revan in the comics, even though like he's not in the mask, you know, he's not wearing his the the iconic armor. Um it's still a really fun way to incorporate him into the series. I I think my favorite Easter egg, there's there's a lot of really good ones, was toward the end of the series you end up getting more of um Jorail's backstory explored, and you find out and I don't, don't want to spoil it. We talked we spoiled it last episode. Um, we haven't given a spoiler warning this episode, so I'll say this much about her backstory: it's it's related in some sort to the Jedi Master Arca from the '90s uh, Tales of the Jedi comics. So the way that it incorporates his story, and he's actually in the comic for a few panels, maybe a few pages, was super fun for me because I had no idea that this tied in so closely to um, to that series. Uh, which was was pretty rewarding. How do you think that was handled? The the Tales of the Jedi connection. That's pretty cool, man. I
0: <laughs> there's so many connections in this, and and just seeing you type or talk about it, I totally forgot that it even existed. To be honest,
1: yeah, um, I actually think that uh, as far as like a favorite story arc in terms of where the story went, it has a lot of different, you know, four or five issue. We're gonna we're gonna hit all of this, but there are some overarching. Uh, villains obviously Lucian Dre would be the main villain was probably the villain for 40 ish issues um uh, overall the way that this will go story to story I, I think in a lot of ways the the story arcs at the end were stronger for me than at the beginning um He just was forced, I think, into some more creative exploration after he had tied up the plot with the main villains. So, Freddy, what's your favorite story arc out of all the the territory where this went? I mean, you've got all kinds of crazy stuff. You've got, like, the mission where they go and encounter Zane's dad on the banking planet, and they're kidnapped (laughs) by the Mumo brothers. There's, like I said, the story where they go to perform a heist and end up uh, actually finding themselves accidentally in the middle of a Mandalorian invasion. For real this time! Um, you've got the story arc with uh, Lucian Dre's backstory and uh, the servant Hazen, who was evil all along. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of crazy stuff in this. Uh, favorite Easter egg? Uh, no. What, what am I on now? Favorite, favorite story arc, Freddie? What's which one? Arc. Which one hit the best for you?
0: Yeah, I really like. Uh, believe it or not, I liked Vector a lot. I feel like, first of all, for those who haven't read the series, Vector was. I think it was spanned over several comics, uh, several platforms, right, Jared? It it was. Yeah,
1: it was. Go ahead.
0: It, it was. It was. Co- uh, you know, obviously this comic, uh, and then there's a few more. I think uh, Jared's gonna look those up right now. But the fact that we saw the Muir Talisman, which and the Rakuls, uh and of course Zane's handling of the whole situation, which was why are you killing them? They're they're people, right? And and seeing that whole thing go down, I, I have to admit though. Vector's art was not my favorite; it was a little too cartoonish for me. Uh, but it was—I was more encapsulated with the story that was happening and and the history of the Muir talisman. Uh, that that definitely was okay. So Skuma Joe just just wrote it out. There's four different comics. There was Kotor, Dark Time, Rebellion, and Legacy. Dark Times and Legacy.
1: Yeah, well, I actually read the the Legacy story arc for this. Ooh, maybe eight years ago. Yeah. So I uh, liked the way that it tied into that. So eight years later, now I've read nine years maybe. Um, I've gone back and read the Ninth Yield Republic story arc from this. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to wait another decade and read the story <laughs> arc in dark times. And then when I'm 50, I'll finally get around to finding out you know, what happened right there in the middle in, in Rebellion. And then at 60, I'll read the whole thing. No, no, no I don't <laughs> okay. know. Probably sooner than that. But um, it, it's fun the way that this kicks off. Uh, the way that this is able to ripple through all these different, uh, all these different ongoing stories, because obviously you're not going to have a, the same kind of crossover that you would with the Marvel superhero series, right? You're not just going to get all the characters into one comic. How do you, you know, don't really have time travel established in the same way <laughs> that you can have in like a Marvel comic? Um, you've got to have a more creative way of doing it. This, this does it pretty fun. You've got like this ancient Sith talisman, um, this hey, if there's one thing that Legends does well, it's ancient Sith talismans, isn't it? Yeah. Holocrons galore.
0: <laughs> yeah, how do I get myself a couple of those talismans?
1: <laughs> well, spoiler alert: you better have some rat ghoul serum on hand. <laughs> um, I I, th- I think for me, my favorite story arc is is when you finally get the reveal regarding Lucian Dre's backstory and Hazen. This um it's like family servant who's been lurking in the shadows waiting for his moment to get revenge. He's I kind of compare it to you know I'm sorry to mention Harry Potter on my Star Wars podcast. <laughs> All right, I'm not the biggest Harry Potter fan. I listened to the audiobooks once. That's enough for me. You know, I'll watch the movies if my wife is interested after begging her to watch Star Wars first. All right. But there there is this plot point in Harry Potter um where uh, one of the characters Snape maybe is bullied by like, uh, Harry's dad in school, and so then he becomes a villain-ish. It's, it's messy. It's Harry Potter. All right. <laughs> um, he, he basically goes down this dark path because he was bullied by somebody who you thought was heroic, and it's quite similar in this because, um, Lucian Dre's dad is supposed to be this great heroic legendary Jedi, and then you find out he was, Basically peeing on um, <laughs> Hazen, you know, had been just kind of treating him as like this failure of a, a Jedi who was never able to cut it on the same level as the cool kids, and who then ends up, you know, like lurking in the shadows and joining the Sith. And he's got this cool spread where he's got this laser red eye and dual lightsabers and robo legs, and there's a big explosion. It's it's pretty cool. What do you think about Hazen's reveal, Freddie? Um, out of all the villains in this, how'd he stack up for you? I loved that story.
0: Yeah, it was a good story. Actually, that was that was a really good one. It it uh it really took you back into, you know, what what Zane could have been, right? He could have been uh, after all the failures, being rejected, being uh blamed on for for the deaths of the Padawans. You know, that that would drive me crazy, but he held it together and he's like, "Nope. I'm innocent. I'm gonna prove it. I'm still a good guy." And the fact that you can get those two stories, right? You see you see the uh, failed Sith and the failed Jedi uh, you you can see, well, first of all, I I don't know how anybody thought that he was he was not evil. Yeah,
1: it's like ooh, who's the shadowy guy who uh, is t- totally never saying anything nice to anybody, and clearly is like scheming over there in the corner. Somebody should check on him. Somebody? Red eyeball. Yeah, who's who's the guy with the hood up and the red eyeball? Who's like always emitting some kind of an ominous smoke from his <laughs> from his torso. Coming out from underneath those robes, yeah, that's a good point, Freddie. I have to reread it and see just how much Haasen stands out. I mean, I was a little bit surprised, honestly. Maybe because like the story had pivoted away from him for so long, and then I took like a three month break from reading the series before I came back to it. When he finally showed up again, I was like, oh yeah, this guy, he's pretty scary. <laughs> oh, he, yeah. he throws off the hood like an evil Obi Wan Kenobi. Instead of saying hello there, he's like, it's time to die, fools, and um, you know, is ready to <laughs> blow up the blow up the estate. Um, I also really like the Flashpoint story arcs I mentioned earlier. What else? What else? We've talked about favorite uh, cover art, panel of art, uh, how it ties into the Easter eggs. Okay, this is pretty meaty. Let's talk about this, Freddy. How does this tie into the Mandalorian War? Um, this was ultimately, as I mentioned earlier, in the episode, my main impetus for reading this series. I had written reading guides for the site about, um, hey, what Star Wars book should you read if you like Mandalorians? Okay, right about the time Mandalorian came out, year and a half ago, a little over a year ago, um, I was putting that one together. This series I was reading, hey, it's it takes place during the Mandalorian Wars. I was like, all right, I'll put that on the reading guide, and I'll go ahead and read it soon just to like make sure that it actually does. I'm not just putting up bogus stuff on the site because, hey, we fact check on utini.com. <laughs> um, or at least I do. I don't know about everybody else. I, I read this just to make sure I understood what it was showing us about the Mandalorian Wars and then found myself going on a very different kind of adventure Uh, Freddie, we talked about the Mandalorian Wars in our episode about the Revan novel, how it kind of retcons why Mandalore went to war against the Republic in the first place. We talked about the Mandalorians in our, um, the Republic Commando series, which I think Meg was on more episodes than you were, (laughs) which was fun (laughs) way back in the day. And we also talked about the Mandalorians in our coverage of the Tales of the Jedi series, though in that, you know, there's not a ton of depth. Other than the fact that uh, they're this awesome warrior race, and then um, Exar Kun goes and duels them and then makes them subservient to him. Then he's got an awesome, you know, uh, heavy metal armor to go against the Jedi with. Uh, how did this series deepen the, the conflict of the Mandalorian Wars for you?
0: Well, the, the interesting thing is, is I, I like Mandalorian culture in terms of, of you know, they, they're very similar to like Spartans uh, in real history. At least how they're how they're visualized, right? The very warrior-like, fighting from a young age, etc. But you know, coming coming from an original trilogy, I'll never forget when I first read these. And and you you see Boba Fett, you know that he you know of course that's been retcon now. You know Mandalorian. uh, You you get a, a better idea of what Mandalorians were, right? I feel like they're very myth mystic mythical, not mystical. I don't know which word I'm going for. It's just uh, yeah,
1: kind of throw them together, make it work. that's what I do, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Thickle. <laughs> whatever you mean, people can just they read whatever intention they want, yeah, were. so you know
0: they're 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 an old warrior race that yeah, and and coming back into what I love about corridordor is that it takes you into the times of of what it was like for jedi to to get married, to have wealth, to have popularity and status and attachment before those r- rules were really set, right. And then you have Mandalorians who are just... It's its funny because when we see it in, in our current state, right? Mandalorians were raised in a certain way. Uh, they're very traditional. But it almost seems like here, you know, it's like they conquer a planet and you're a Mandalorian. <laughs> right? Yeah, if you uh, want to case... be. It's like, be yeah. a Mandalorian <laughs> or die, right? Yeah, either way. <laughs> and, and, you know, looking at their armor, I'd probably be like, well, I guess I'm one of you guys now. <laughs> uh, and... And you you see their their purpose right, which is to conquer, to fight, to to make everyone a Mandalorian, and uh, it it's kind of flawed logic because you 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 start getting people who are pr- from a different uh, a different world who are just being a Mandalorian for to you know to survive right, and that's where I think a lot of them uh, a lot of that ideology was flawed. Yeah, they're probably opinion. not going
1: to fight as zealously if they were. Subjugated into no, it. exactly. But
0: the comics themselves really painted a, an interesting image of, uh, especially the way that you know our main character reacts with them, which is, you know, he's friends with everybody, even Mandalore uh, right. Or yeah. Cassius Flatt, uh, Cassius Fett, right? Cassius Fett? <laughs> Cassius Fett, Cassius Flat. <laughs> Cass- a Star Cassius- Wars story. <laughs> Flap. <laughs> he's the he's the clone of Cassius Flatt, uh, Fett, and he does not wear clothes. <laughs>
1: And he's always gooey. Uh, sorry, man. Oh no! Hey, that's a Legends fact. Clones are gooey.
0: <laughs> Clones are gooey. Heard it here first. But uh, it's time to die, fools. Yeah, Skooma Joe in the chat. It's funny.
1: <laughs> you know the way that this does deepen the Mandalorian wars. Um, you're making a good point that you know sometimes they subjugate people who don't necessarily want to be Mandalorians. On the other hand, I found that this made the Mandalorians really sympathetic because uh, the series does spend so much time with like evil, corrupt Republic officers. Um, you've got some some Republic generals who are just absolutely terrible to zane like they don't want to hear his explanation for why he's not um you know uh, as evil as everybody thinks he is and why he didn't kill the padawans they're like no you're a criminal we're going to arrest you and block the planet in the process because there's mandy's down there son and uh and so you you spend some time with republic soldiers republic generals who are absolutely corrupt and have no redeeming qualities at all but then you also will spend some time with honorable mandalorians You'll also spend some time with some Mandalorians who are just, you know, they're just brutes who just want to kill and snap necks and put their armor on, you know. And so you you get kind of both sides of the conflict. And Zane is kind of caught in the middle. Sometimes he's fighting with the Mandalorians, (laughs) whether by choice or by accident. Other times he's fighting, you know, with the Republic. Um you know, trying to take down the Mandalorians, but really he's not in it for their war. He's got his own agenda. I also liked the fact that we got to spend some time with Roland, who's a Mandalorian who is questioning the fact why they're even in this war in the first place, which eventually retcons really well into where this goes in Night's Republic and then eventually, you know, the Revan novel and the Soul Tour game for the fact that you kind of learn, you know, uh, uh, I guess it's a retcon that Mandalore had been, what? brain manipulated by the Emperor in the first place and even going to war against the Republic in order to soften up the Republic. Is, isn't is that like the final retcon on how it all happens?
0: Yeah, they try to, to make the Mandalorians... Uh, there's such a big following for the Mandalorians, so they want to paint them a little bit better than... than uh, okay, you know, maybe so. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, there's quite a few retcons along the way. Hey, it's Legends. I don't mind a retcon. Yeah, no big whatever. deal. Um, retcons come with the territory for sure. So... So, oh, Skuma Joe says he had canoned out everything from the MMO <laughs> as far as it was concerning the, the Old Republic and the Mandalorians. That's fine. You're welcome to do that, too. It's Legends. It's all made up. It's, it's your universe. Let it be whatever you want it to be. Um, so, so, ultimately, this really does... Give us some fun, different perspectives on the Mandalorian War. Oh, another thing to point out there is you also get some time with a Mandalorian who's not even like a warrior, uh, Demigol. You know, he's more focused on like mad science, which is kind of fun. You know, he's like rather spend time with test tubes than vibroblades, which normally with Mandalorians, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, Freddie. They're normally like linebackers, right? You know, they just want to hit somebody. Exactly.
0: Yeah. (laughs) My favorite part. Speaking of Mandalorians, is when Mandalore the Ultimate is on. Uh, what's that that planet called? When uh, he calls everybody's calling the Republic, the Jedi, uh, the Mandalorians uh, to to come by this that weapon. Uh, oh yeah, right. Yeah, and Mandalore just sits the Arcanian there with his, Legacy. Yeah, yeah, and Mandal uh, Mandalore the Ultimate just sits there with his weapon, and he's like. <laughs> Dallin, I made this out of your
1: old ship that I exploded. <laughs> like, <laughs> how crazy is that? <laughs> oh yeah, that's he. Miller was really able to tap into like the heart of what made the Mandalorian so lovable, and it's like it's like a goofy level. It's like in the in the TV show when he says, "I'm a Mandalorian, uh, guns are my religion." You know, it's like, it's like they definitely <laughs> yeah. get it. Like that's kind of the fun. And it's kind of like the eye roll reason that we liked him in the first place. Uh, that's a good answer, Freddie. Uh, as far as my favorite piece of, like, as we wind down the episode here and wind down our coverage of this whole series, which has absolutely been a blast. Anything else fun that we've left out? Uh, just uh, little, little nuggets that along the way you wanted to point out haven't had a good way to slot them into the episode so far. I want to say uh, one of the things that John Jackson Miller has done the best is his world building um he'll be able to really camp us out on a planet for five or six issues build out the culture of that planet uh, he does a good job at uh, making ships feel very lived in and he's really good at naming characters and ships in particular did you notice that the two ships that our heroes uh basically camp out on in this series do you remember the names of the ships they're amazing i love these um
0: yeah you've got uh the first one which was they didn't even know it was a ship uh that was the last resort right
1: yeah, I love that. It's like, hey, it's the end of the issue. There's there's nowhere for us to run from the bad guys. Oh, welcome to our ship. Boom, it takes off. It's called the Last Resort as they look at the camera roll credits. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a perfect name. Yeah. And then the second ship is called the Hot Prospect. <laughs> which I just so good. I found so incredibly comical. That ship itself is like this this uh uh what do we even call it? It's like, like a it sail like barge. A plat- it, yeah, it looks like a,
0: a platform, like an oil rig platform. Yeah, right. <laughs> so bulky.
1: <laughs> uh, at one point, they end up spinning it to deflect the bad guys, uh, in, like reverse <laughs> spinning different parts of the ship. It's really yeah. goofy and wacky, and yet it works. Somehow it works. There's even like a full diagram of it, I think, in the handbook, Knights of the Little Republic handbook. Um I think they've got like a whole cross section of these ships, which is so over the top in an excellent legends way. Did you have an answer for this one? Anything uh, else from the series that we've left out that you want to give a shout out to?
0: Well, you know, uh, Skuma Joe just pointed out that the uh, the Mumo Brothers ship, I believe, was called
1: what was that? The Mumo Willowa. <laughs> hey, you said it. I, I'm not going to take a stab at that one. <laughs> well, I cool I forgot what their ship is like. I'll have to look it up. Uh, oh man! You know,
0: based on what you said. For those of you who have not read this comic series, the second you start diving into it, you're, you're going to want to finish it. And I recommend buying the Omnibus because you're going to, you're going to, there's a lot of world building going on and there's a lot of content that John Jackson Miller creates. And, And, you know, he doesn't create everything, but he, he takes from, from what others have done and, and builds upon that. And there's new, there's new, uh. The ships that he calls out in here, the worlds that he that he creates or or expands, the storylines that he creates and or expands, right? It's always a creation or an expansion of something that's already existing. And it, it really lends to, to Star Wars history in my opinion. And and it often gets looked uh passed upon because it's a comic yeah. book and not too many people read comics. But this one, you know, when that omnibus comes out, I really hope that uh a lot of our our listeners grab it and 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 just dive in because it's it's a lot of fun and there's so much good content every single page has good content
1: yeah and once you've done that you've got three hours of content here to binge (laughs) through now that you've gotten caught up and can get past that spoiler gate um yeah, that's true. I think for a lot of people, they'll hear like, oh, cool, it gets into the Mandalorian War. And it's like, some, okay, but don't set your expectations too high. It's really <laughs> yeah. mostly about like a failed Padawan and his snaggletooth crook buddy. And you're like, oh, okay, <laughs> well, what about KOTOR? Like, it ties into video games, right? And you, your answer is like, some, but don't get too excited. It's really, you know, Revan's not on every page. It's like, oh, yeah. okay, well, what's it about? Well, it's like, uh the, Ragtag- the main surviving. <laughs> yeah, the main <laughs> character's number one skill is the fact that he's unlucky and yet also kind of lucky. It just depends. And you're like, wait, really? That's what this is about? For me, it like really captures that vibe. Even though it's the older public, it really captures the vibe of a new hope. It's it's like the it specifically, I don't remember if I've said this before, and if I have, pretend like you haven't and just laugh anyway. It really captures the heart of that scene where Han Solo is in the Death Star, and he's, like, trying to be a hero, and then he turns the corner and finds the whole um, hangar full of... A battalion. Um, <laughs> an entire battalion of stormtroopers, and he just makes this face and runs away and just, like, does this amazing yell. Harrison Ford screams, like, Aah! as he runs away <laughs> and Chewie, they come right back down the hallway. Like, that That moment is this entire 56-issue series in a nutshell for me. Uh, yeah, does a think that about coffee. covers it? Yeah. Well, this has been an absolutely wild ride. There will be a little bit of a tease here, a little bit more Coach War coverage eventually before too long on the show. We won't uh, tease too much about that. There's uh, some fun stuff planned, headed your way listeners. Uh, in the meantime, we're going to be getting into some fun side episodes. We're going to talk about Legends Lightsabers soon. Uh, and then our next main round table, if you want to get caught up on your reading and get up to snuff in order to um, hang in with us on our full round table coverage. Pretty soon, we're going to have our buddy Nathan from the Utini team over from the YouTube channel joining us to talk about the absolutely classic Legends trilogy, the origin of the Sun Crusher and Kipteron. It's got space spiders on Kessel and Luke's Jedi Academy on Yavin 4 which I, mm, I love me some Legends Yavin 4 I don't know about you we were talking about the Jedi Academy trilogy by Kevin J. Anderson so that does it for this week thanks for joining us for Legends Look Back thanks especially to once again to Meg our producer our social media manager our all around uh, Twitch Twitch savior for being honest we were struggling with this <laughs> until she joined and now it's just a ton of fun um, thank you also to Nathan our vis- video editor We drop him the file, and he gets it over there on the tubes for you. Thanks especially to our incredible patrons, to many of you who have been with us live in the chat tonight. Um, You, of course, can get in on the the behind-the-scenes of Utini just like they have with access to all kinds of bonus shows. We've got cafes. We've got Bounty Hunt. We've got Star Wars Archives, Lightspeed Skipping. Hopefully that's coming back soon. Who knows? We'd love to open up to a random page of a random Star Wars book and have a good old time on a Saturday afternoon one of these days. Also, now that we're live on Twitch, you can help us out by subscribing, either the old-fashioned way or with Prime Gaming. And remember, we want your questions. You can email us an audio file at Uchini.com. You can send us a message in the Legends Look Back Discord channel. You can leave a comment on this episode on YouTube. You can find us on Twitter. And tweet at us now at our new Twitch... uh, What do we call that? New Twitter... How come Twitter and Twitch have such similar names? (laughs) Tweet at us at our new Twitter... Account, you know, where people tweet at Legends Look Back, or you can contact me. I'm at Jared Q. Mays, Freddy at Wake Up freddie and Meg is
2: at Meg Dowell.
1: Excellent. If you're looking to buy some of these books, want to help support the show, click the book on Utini, click the Amazon link in the profile. We'll get a few cents to help keep the lights on. And another way to help us out and show your love for Utini is by grabbing some swag. Uh, over there on utini.com slash merch, which, hey, we've always got some new fun stuff headed your way. I think we've even got uh, some fun stuff to drop today, if I'm not mistaken. So if that's not of a tease, enough of a tease for you, I'm not sure what is. So chat on, head on over there and check that out. Also, if you've read any of these books, remember to head on over to Utini.com and leave us a review. We'd love to know what you think. How many stars do you give to all fifty-six issues of Knights of the Old Republic? Because we got to rank those things, get those scores up on the site. Remember, also keep the Utini fan code, please, and be a force for positivity in the fandom. May the force be with you.
0: This is a Utini broadcast.